Uh, this morning, I want to share with you from a couple of passages in the Bible, and I pray that your hearts are ready to receive what God has to say to you, because I believe this word is really, really important today in the world that we live in and the place that we live in and the time that we live in. And I want to, I want to share with you a concept this morning. The Bible talks about, it, it, makes, it makes reference to this idea of being all things to all people. What does that actually mean, to be all things to all people? How do Christians actually get off their own pride and get off their own ego and actually go out there and become all things to all people? Because we have a message, we have a message, we have something that the world needs to hear. It's unlike any other message this world is going to hear because this world is very hungry and this world is very thirsty, whether they know it or not. In fact, lots of people don't know it and lots of people go out and find ways to try and quench their thirst. Think about your own life. Think about the ways that you've tried to quench your thirst in the past. You've looked for it in many different people and in many different ways. It's been no different since the beginning of time. People have a thought, people have a hunger, people have a thirst and they look for it and they try and find it in ways that are going to try and satisfy this thirst because it brings some kind of meaning, some kind of pleasure, some kind of rest to their soul. But at the end of the day, the next day they wake up and they are thirsty again. So the Christian is called to break every barrier, to break their own pride so they can reach out and meet the thirst of people. It's a blessing. It's called the gospel. And the gospel is a blessing to all people. It's when Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive your sin and to set you free once and for all. That is the great news. And this morning, I believe that becoming all things to all people is one of the most beautiful and incredible and significant calls of the believer's life. And if you can't learn and grasp this, you'll never understand truly the wonderful purpose that God has for you. In fact, when you master this or grasp this, you start to really live out the Christian life. You really start to experience what it means to live for Christ. It's a beautiful experience. And I pray, I hope that you're able to understand this this morning and able to grasp this this morning. And I pray and hope that even if you've got questions, that you don't just hold back and think, I didn't get it but that you ask, that you call, that you text, that you email, because this is a very significant topic that you need to understand and you need to grasp in your Christian life, in your Christian walk. So this whole thing about being all things to all people, I want to share from a couple of passages in the Bible this morning. So you might want to prepare yourself and have those passages opened up already. And one of them is John chapter 4. John chapter 4 is one passage we're going to look at. And then we're going to go further down into the New Testament to a book called Corinthians. So it's the first Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you want to open up those passages this morning and have yourself ready uh, so you can actually read through and just look at some of the things that we're going to be looking at this morning. John 4 and then, and then also um, 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Every soul, every soul that God has designed, every soul that God has placed on this earth, he designed specifically with a thirst for the creator. Did you know that? There isn't a living soul on this earth, whether they are blind, whether they deny it, whether they don't want to see it, whether they are resisting it. It doesn't really matter what people think. At the end of the day, in the silence of the nights, in the quietness of, the, of, of life, when we reflect and when we think about things deep within our soul, God has designed us, the creator has designed us to have a thirst for him, a thirst that cannot be fulfilled and cannot be quenched by natural water or anything else that we try and pursue in life that we think somehow is going to bring us this meaning or this life or this purpose in who we are as people. It's a thirst 
for the creator. It's complicated, it's amplified, it's made harder by sin because sin has made things even worse because we want to find it in places that are bad for us and are actually destructive. And people in the pursuit of, of quenching their thirst in life have lost their life. You understand? Have lost their life very sadly and tragically because they've gone about looking for a quenching of their thirst in life in the wrong places. So sin has complicated and amplified this thirst, but nonetheless, whether you, um, whether you understand it or not, whether you're deep in your sin or just dabbling, you have a thirst. You have a thirst for your creator. And God has done this because he's drawing all people to himself. And we, God's people, are to declare this message and not allow any barrier to get in the way of proclaiming this wonderful water of life. You know, all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, God, God has invited or asked people to come and drink of the water of life. Did you know that? Throughout Scripture, it's spoken about in the Old Testament. Jesus spoke about it. It's spoken about in the last book of the Bible in Revelation. Jesus has basically declaring, and God is actually declaring, come and drink of the water I have for you. Because he knows you're thirsty. And I suspect and I believe and I'm confident in saying this, that there are many people listening this morning who understand exactly what I'm saying when I say you are thirsty. You are thirsty. You understand what it means to wake up in the morning after a big night out and still be thirsty. You wake up in the morning and you realize you come home from work. You, you've just managed to, to do something amazing at work, but a week later you're still thirsty. You understand what it means. The Bible says in Isaiah this, listen to this. God says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. God isn't after your money. He's not after your money. He's not saying, you know what, if you've got this much amount of money or if you've managed to do this and this and this and this, you can come. No, he says, no, as you are this morning, broken, thirsty, hungry, wanting to quench something deep within. He says, come as you are. I see your pain. I see your need. I see where you're trying to find it in other places. I see how you're trying to find it in other people. I see the thirst in your heart. He says, come, come if you're thirsty and, and I will give you the waters of life. But he wants you to reach out to him. Come. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. And then Jesus said a similar thing uh, later on in the, in the New Testament. He says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. Because you know what? I was thinking to myself, this is something worthy of crying out for. Could you imagine Jesus standing up and then crying out to the people that were listening to him? They would have almost got, he would have almost got their attention. If they were facing this way, they would have almost turned around and thought, what's he crying out about? What is it that's worthy to cry out for? He says, and he cried out and he said this, if anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, he says, let him come to me and drink. If you're thirsty, come to Jesus and drink. Because if he, those who believe in me, he says, the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, rivers of living water, that if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ came and to set you free from sin and to forgive your sin. He says, out of your heart, you're going to flow rivers of living water. I want to ask you this morning, how many people know the experience of the living waters flowing out of their hearts with satisfaction in the Lord Jesus Christ? How many people understand what it means to have lost 
their own life for the sake of Christ and now they've experienced the life-quenching water of Jesus Christ flowing out of them. He says, come. If you're thirsty, come. He cried it out. If you're thirsty. So this morning, if you're listening to me, you think, oh, I'm not thirsty. I'm all right. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying that. Okay, wait. Wait. Because the designer of your soul has designed a thirst in you. And I guarantee you there will come a day, there will come a day where you'll have a thirst in your heart. And he's asking, if you're thirsty, come. If you're thirsty, come. But ask yourself this, are you trying to quench it in so many other ways that you're not feeling this thirst as much as you ought to feel it because you're trying to find other ways, but deep down, you're still thirsty. But the Lord Jesus Christ this morning in the most beautiful way, he says, come, come and drink of the living waters because the Holy Spirit in you is going to flow out rivers of living water because you have given up your life for Christ. And then right down in the New Testament, right down to the very last book, almost the very last chapter, the Bible says this, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears, come, and let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him come to the water of life freely. This is a beautiful thing. God is all inviting people to come unto him, to come unto him. Jesus said, If you come unto me, I'll give you rest. And now he's saying in this last, almost the last bit of the Bible, in fact, it is the last chapter of the Bible, he says this, he says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and he who hears, come, and if you're thirsty, come, and I'll give you of the water of life freely. How many are thirsty this morning, brothers and sisters? How many are thirsty, my friends, that are listening to this, to this word and they're, and they're denying the thirst because they're listening to the world? They're listening to the liars. Come do this with me. Come be this person with me. Come fulfill this with me. Come here. Enjoy this pleasure. Enjoy this addiction. Enjoy this leisure. Enjoy this person. Come. I've got people who want to meet you. And they, and they, 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 they are sold by the lie of this world to try and fulfill their um, uh, thirst and only to find themselves addicted to things that will never quench their thirst. Only to find themselves trying to find satisfaction in things that will never quench their thirst. And the Lord Jesus says, Lord Jesus Christ says, Come, I'll give you of the water of life freely. There was a woman in the Bible who experienced a similar thing. And we know her story with and lot if you're Christian been Christian long enough, you're familiar with her story, true story of a true woman. We don't look at her and we don't read her at, about her this morning as an object. She is a true, genuine woman who sought life as many other people sought life. And what I love about Jesus in this story is he broke every barrier to reach her with the water of life. He didn't care who she was in the sense that she, he didn't care what barrier would prevent him from reaching out to her. He was going to smash every barrier because she was a living soul who needed life water. So he wasn't going to be deterred by anyone, any Jewish person, any Gentile person, any man, any woman. He couldn't care less about people thought because before him was a woman who was thirsty. And he, the creator, knew that thirst and he was going to offer her living water. And in John chapter 4, if you turn to John chapter 4, you'll see the scriptures. In verse... Um, Oh, sorry, verse 10, Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus had just asked this woman for a drink. 
His disciples had gone off to get something to eat. He was sitting at the, the well by about middle of the day. And here comes this woman. She's drawing water out of the well. And he asks her, he says, give me a drink. She says to him, um, how is it that you being a Jew ask drink from me, a Samaritan? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, I want to explain something to you. And those of you that are familiar with this, just, just bear with me for a while. But I think this is very, very significant. This woman had a lot of issues going against her. This woman had a lot of things going against her, but she had a thirst. And Jesus wasn't deterred by her issues. Jesus wasn't deterred by the barriers, her external, because internally this thirst was growing in her life. She tried one thing, it didn't work. So she tried another thing, it didn't work. She just tried another thing, it didn't work. She tried many men and it didn't work. But this woman had a lot of issues going against her. Some of them we speculate, some of them we know to be true. One of the issues that this woman has was that she was from Samaria. Now, in those times, because of, because of lots of years of issues, basically at that time of Jesus' life, there were clear, distinct problems, cultural problems between the Samaritans and the Jews. And it got to a point, it got so deep, this, this, this cultural conflict between the two, that they, they would not have dealings with one another. So if you were a Jew and you're a Samaritan, you're at conflict with one another. And here he was, Jesus, a Jewish man, prepared to speak to a Samaritan. Problem number one for this woman. How are you speaking to me, a Samaritan? Then she had another problem as well too. The other problem was that she was a woman. They think, oh, that's, that's not fair. Why are you saying she was a woman? Well, yeah, in those days, particularly not dissimilar in some ways to in some countries today in this world, in, this, in, in those days, she really had a problem because she was a woman. And some of the issues that men and particularly leaders, Jewish leaders in that time had towards women were very, very negative. If I, if I was to give you some examples, you'd blow your mind away and how they thought about women and what they would pray for and, and how would they would treat the word and all that sort of thing. And so she had an issue because she was a Samaritan and she was an issue in a woman. And publicly, publicly, it was also quite um, un, uncommon for a Jewish man like this to be speaking to a woman in public even. So she had a couple of problems going for her. And there's another one that she had going for her, which we speculate, is that she went into the noon of the day to get the water. And probably the reason why she went to the noon of the day to get the water is because she didn't go when all the other women went in the cool of the day. And probably because she was also isolated by the other women. So she was rejected by the other women. And, and maybe because of her lifestyle, her choice of lifestyle, she was actually then rejected by the other women. So she had three issues at least. Samaritan, a woman, and rejected because maybe of her lifestyle. And along comes Jesus, and he's prepared to break every barrier to reach her. He doesn't care what people think about him talking to her. He doesn't care if people think, why are you a man speaking to a woman, and you're a Jewish man speaking to a Samaritan woman, and you're a Jewish man speaking to a Samaritan woman who's questionable about her lifestyle. He didn't care. He was going to break every barrier because in her soul was a thirst. In her soul, was a thirst. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah, in the Old Testament, God had a pain in his heart. He had a pain in his heart because he said, my people have committed two evils, he said. Firstly, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. They've left me, the fountain of living waters. I'm the living waters and they've gone astray. He goes, and secondly, they've created for themselves cisterns like jars. 
broken cisterns, he says, that cannot hold water. Do you understand the pain of God? Pain of God is this. My people have left me. They've left me the living waters. And then not only have they left me, but they've slapped me in the face by creating for themselves other things, other things that they think contain water, but these cisterns are broken. They just keep leaking. They just keep leaking. They're broken cisterns. And every time they try and fill themselves up with things to quench their thirst, the cistern just keeps leaking and they can't actually hold living water anymore. They don't know what it means to have their thirst quenched and it's paining the heart of God. God's heart is pained because of it. It's in pain because of this. Is that they're committed two evils. And he's looking at this Samaritan woman. He's thinking to himself, oh, this poor lady. This poor lady is seeking thirst, quenching her thirst in so many places. Not dissimilar to many of us that, are, that, that know life and many of you that are listening today. Trying to quench thirst in many places. Trying to find meaning in many places. Trying to find satisfaction in many places. In people, addictions, pleasures, leisures. Trying to find these things and find, thinking to yourself, this is what it is. I've got it. I've got it. Only to find your life is being destroyed. So he looks at this woman and he's prepared to break every barrier to reach this Samaritan woman. And he says to her this in verse 13. And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, that's the natural water, the water we seek, the water we think is going to help us. Um, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. What an incredible promise to everyone who comes humbly and broken at the foot of Jesus as Jesus. I've tried to see, I've tried to fulfill the, the quench of my life in so many different ways, but I've had enough. I've had enough. I come to the fountain of living water. I come to the source of living water. I come to the one that promises me that he's going to fulfill my heart and quench my thirst flowing out like rivers unto eternal life. Don't you want this promise, brothers and sisters? Don't you want this promise, my friends? In the thirst that you have, will you come humble and broken this morning before the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I've tried to do it my way, but this morning, Jesus, this morning I cry out to you, I call out to you and I come to you because you invite me to come. And this morning I pray that you wash my sin away, that you cleanse my heart from all my attempts to do things my way. And Jesus, today it's your way and only your way from now on. He says, come and I'll give you the water of life. I'll quench that thirst. Jesus was prepared to break every barrier to reach this Samaritan woman. He was prepared to become all things to all people so that he could help give her the water of life. Brothers and sisters, are we prepared? Are we prepared to break every barrier? Are we prepared to do the same and not allow any barrier to get in the way? to reach others with the water of life. What's going to get in the way of understanding that your whole existence, if you have felt and if you have experienced and you have the quenching of the thirst in your heart, what is going to get in your way to reach out to those who also need to hear the gospel, who need to hear the good news? What attitude, what mentality, what, what um, obstacle is going to stop you from getting into those who need to hear 
the good news of Jesus Christ. Are you going to discriminate? Do Christians even discriminate? Is that even possible? Where is it even in the scriptures? Thank God. Thank God in all that is going on in our world today. Thank God the scriptures do not teach this. Thank God that the scripture teaches very clearly that Jesus broke every racial, cultural barrier to reach people with the gospel because he was not looking at what was on the outside, but he was looking at what was on the inside because that's what he made and that's what he came to fulfill. Why in the world would Christians even start to begin to have a discussion about the outside? Because that's not what God is concerned about. He's concerned on the inside because everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? Everyone is made into the image of God. Amen? How would we as Christians even be, what would even be a conversation for Christians? And I thank God that the Bible is so clear that everyone made in the image of God is valued because of their image of God and now have a thirst within that we as Christians, we look at their faces, whether they are a different culture to us, whether they are a different race to us, whether they are a different gender to us, and we look at their faces and we see in their eyes a soul that is thirsty. And that, my beloved, is freedom. That's freedom. Thank God we don't have to get into these arguments as a church because the Bible doesn't teach this. Thank God we love all because we see a hunger in their hearts for, uh, for something more in their life. And Jesus saw it as well. Are we, are we, are we going to be Christians who even entertain discrimination? I mean, that's just crazy. Have you ever been on the end of discrimination? Have you ever been someone who has felt something because, um, because of your colour of your skin or, or because of your background or because of your culture? Have you ever felt that? It's not a good feeling at all. It's not a, it's not a good feeling at all. Maybe you see people externally. Maybe you see the person according to their culture, according to their race, according to their disability, according to their gender, according to their background, according to where they've been. And maybe you look at that person and you're somehow discriminating against them and God says, stop, stop. They have a thirst in their heart and there's a thirst that you must reach. Look in their eyes. They have a name. They have a soul. I've created them. Look in their eyes and tell them the good news, the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is why if you've if you experienced anything like bullying before or, or things like, you know, it's not a good feeling. And so you need to be the one who says, no, they are God's people or God's creation rather made in the image of God. And then when God brings them into the family of God and God brings them into the family of God, he, he cuts all that away because we're the children of God. And he says this in Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor the male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And so I thank God that in our church, in our church, we follow, we preach and we teach the biblical teaching, how everyone is equal in the eyes of God, not because of, um, not, not in terms of responsibility, but in terms of how they are valued, because in the family of God, even more so, they are my brother and sister. Amen. They are my brother and sister. Amen. We're called to be Christians, beloved. <laughs> and because we're called to be Christians, people need to see Christ. They don't need to see me. Do you understand that? They need to see Christ. They don't need to see my opinion. They don't need to understand my thoughts. They don't, they don't need to understand who I am. They need to see Christ in me. That's why we're Christians. We're called to be Christians. Otherwise, call ourselves something else. Call us some other kind of follower. But we're a Christian. And so in doing so, we break every barrier so they can see Christ, the living water 
that's wants to quench their thirst. So I want to I want to finish with this passage in First Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. So if you turn with me to to this um to this chapter and read and read with me what Paul is saying. The apostle Paul knew the heart of Jesus, and because he knew the heart of Jesus, he lived like Jesus. He was able. He was prepared to break every barrier and become all things to all people just so that some could hear the good news. And brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you this morning. I want you to encourage this morning to stop thinking about life as life that you own, but think about life as one that Christ owns because he, put, he bought you with a price. He bought you with a price and now he's called you to glorify God with your body and your spirit. And so this is the call of the Christian in, our, in life today. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you'll see uh, verse 19. Um, the Bible says this, for though I am free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all that I may win the more. He goes, oh, I'm free from all men. Who am I bound to? Which man is telling me what to do? He goes, but I don't care about this. Even though I'm free from all men, I make my servant. I make myself a servant to all men that I may win the more. Because what he's interested in is people receiving the life-giving water because people need Jesus. They are designed for a thirst and their thirst is only quenched by Jesus, the life-giving water. And he says, you know what? I'm going to make my servant, myself a servant to everyone that they may hear the good news, the gospel. He doesn't say I'm going to make myself, myself a salesperson not about a salesperson because he's not going about telling people what they think they need to hear. No, he makes himself a servant for everyone so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what we need to do is make ourselves servants so that others may hear, servants to others that they may hear the gospel, that nothing hinders the gospel. Is your pride stopping you from being a servant to others? Does your pride get in the way? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be a servant to people because you've got rights. Why should they speak to you like this? Why should they treat you like this? And all of a sudden you've got rights and all of a sudden you can't see beyond yourself because yourself is somehow being pricked and you don't want to see beyond that so to see their need because somehow you see yourself more important to them. Well, if you're a Christian, you have something they haven't got. Is pride going to get in the way of being a servant to all people? See, brothers and sisters, you've got to give up your rights if you're going to be a servant for Jesus. Listen carefully. I'm not saying give up your life, but give up your rights. If your rights include self, give them up. Because in this you find life. In this you find what life is. In this you understand what it means to live an abundant life. Because you give up your own rights when they offend God for the sake of the life of other people. Do you understand that? Is pride going to get in the way of the barriers? And pride's going to stop you from reaching out because you're too proud to humble yourself and to reach out to someone who is thirsty and broken and needs the good news? Oh, they're not good enough for me. Oh, they're, they're not like me. They're different to me. They look different to me. They, they have a different smell to me. They've, they've done things I would never do. I'm too good for them. Is that life? No, get off your pride. Get off your high horse and reach out as a servant because you have a message. Unless you don't have a message, unless you're, you need the water of life yourself and you don't know how to give this to people. Is pride going to get in the way? 
Is partiality going to get in the way? Are you going to stop reaching out to people because somehow you like this person more than that person? You like that kind of group of people more than that kind of group of people? You like people with money, not people without money? You like people who dress a certain way, not people who don't dress a certain way? You like people who smell a certain way, not a different... Is, is, is partiality going to get in the way? Well, Jesus broke every barrier. When his disciples came back, they thought, how, he, how come he's speaking to a woman? He didn't care what they thought. He didn't care if the Jewish rabbi walked past and thought, he's speaking to a Samaritan. He didn't care if another um, popular woman walked past and thought, does he know what she's been up to? He didn't care. He reached out. He reached out because he loved her. He loved her with his life because she had a thirst and he had living water to give her. Is partiality going to get in the way? Is self going to get in the way? Are you prepared to give up self for the sake of the gospel? Give up your rights for the sake of the message that you have for other people. Look at verse 20. He says, I'm, I'm going to make myself a servant to all. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. And to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. And to those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under the law toward, law toward Christ that I might win those who are without law. And to the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. He wasn't, he was, he was smart. He knew that he wasn't going to be able to save everyone. But he says, I became all things to all men. I became all things to all people, that I may save some. Now, People have loved to speculate what he's talking about. To the Jew, I became a Jew. To those under the law, I became under the law. To those without law, I became without law. To those who were weak, I became weak. And, and I wish I had more time to unpack this, but I'm not going to because I really don't have the time to do it this morning. But let me tell you something very simple. Whatever it took, listen, whatever it took, whether it was someone who loved the law or someone who was religiously Jewish or someone who had no regard for the law or someone who was weak and maybe broken and maybe the leper and whatever it was, Regardless of how you see these people, Paul said this, I will do whatever it takes and break every barrier except for what is truth and what is holy that I may save some. Everything that is about me, I'll give it up. But I'll not give up the truth of Jesus and I'll not give up the holiness of Jesus. But I'll break every other barrier of man, every pride, every partiality, everything that I thought was right. I'll break it all for the sake of reaching out and become all things to all men that I may save some. In the previous chapter, he said something very simple. He says, you know, even meat, even meat, he said. He goes, oh, I need to eat meat if it's a stumbling block for my brother. He didn't care for self. He didn't care about himself. What he wanted was that people would experience the life-giving water of Jesus. And the last thing in the world he wanted is for him, him, Paul, to get in the way of that. Because he wanted people to see Jesus. Will you do that, brothers and sisters? Will you break every barrier? Because every soul is worth it and every soul has a thirst. Will you break every barrier that you can reach out with the life-giving water? Will you stop being proud and stop being partial and stop living life according to your own rights so that others can actually hear about Jesus? Will you be an ambassador for Christ and will you dare to actually stand up and say, you know what, this person means something to me regardless of what the world thinks of them because they need Jesus? 
Are you going to look on the outside and walk away? Or are you going to look in the eyes and walk toward them and say, I've got something that I know Jesus wants, to, wants you to hear? Because this is the gospel, brothers and sisters. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And we've had people in the church do this. We do it, we do it all the time, every day in our workplaces or in our schools or uh, in our, when we're out shopping and whatever we're doing, we're always ready to be a light, a gospel, the message of the gospel. And then sometimes specifically people reach out in different ways. Why did our young people, I think last year, why did our young people go overseas to different countries to reach out with the water of life? They intentionally did it because they weren't worried about the barriers of where these people were, who these children were. They reached out to them because they were prepared to break barriers for the sake of the gospel. Should we say to them, don't go there because that village is a smelly village. It's a dirty village. It's got disease. Do we say that? No, this is where they need to go. If God's laid it on their heart, this is where they need to go. Or when people reach out, the CDMM, people reach out and they, and they have a heart for those who are suffering and lost and, and lonely and they reach out to them. Do we say, don't go there. It's, it's, it's not the right place to hang around. No, they go. They break barriers for the sake of the gospel. Or when people go into prisons, even the women's prison. Do we say to them, don't go there because you know what they've done? No, they go there. They break the barriers because every soul is worth the gospel. Because you love them. You love them. And you love less yourself. Not you become nothing, but you learn to live life because you live it through the eyes of Jesus. Do you understand? And this, brothers and sisters, allows you to grasp really the calling of God in your life. All of a sudden, you shake hands with every man. You shake hands with every woman. You shake hands with every child. doesn't matter if they're whatever background they are because you know that they have a hunger and a thirst for Jesus Christ, whether they know it or not. And that's why verse 23, finally, he says this. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. For this now I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. He does it for the gospel's sake, because it's a blessing. It's a blessing to all those who receive it. It's a blessing for all those who want. So I want to ask you, brothers and sisters, this morning to go. Go and break every barrier to become all things to all people that you may share with them the same gospel message that Paul did. That you would stop living life for self, but that you would live it through the eyes of Jesus and see everyone in the eyes of Jesus and see a heart and develop a desire to want to be their light or be, their, um, be the, the living water that you offer to them. Every soul, brothers and sisters, every soul has a thirst and every soul is worthy of us breaking every barrier to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Will you do that? Do you dare to be uh, the person who doesn't live life through your own eyes? Will you dare to see everyone through the eyes of Jesus? Will you break for those who are broken? Will you cry for those who are hurting? Will you reach out to those no one wants to reach out to? Will you see not just their external needs, but the deep thirst in their hearts? Go help them however you want to help them. But don't forget the deep thirst in their heart. This is the life-transforming water of life. But they need to hear. 
And this morning, if you don't know this water of life, I, I want to invite you this morning to, to know it. If you're listening to me and you're thinking to yourself, this water of life, I don't know it. All I know in my heart is a thirst. All I know in my heart is a deep thirst that I try to fulfill in so many different ways. Well, not me, not me, my friends, not me. This morning, Jesus says, come, come to the waters. Come without money, without price, without cost. Come and receive the life-giving water. And in a moment, I'm going to pray. And if that's on your heart this morning, I, I encourage you to use the time, to use the time to pray. doesn't matter how you pray. I don't care how you pray. I'm not even going to give you a script. But in your heart, if you know you're thirsty, you're going to pray. And all you need to do is say, Jesus, I'm thirsty. I've got sin in my heart that is making my thirst go even deeper and deeper. And I just want to pray that you forgive my sin, that you set me free from this sin and give me a life-giving water, a life-changing water in my heart. That the Holy Spirit continues to abound in me, that I'm continually knowing the life-quenching thirst of Jesus Christ. And as we pray this morning, I encourage you that you would be in a place calling out to Jesus who gives the water of life. And brothers and sisters, I encourage you to go and be all things to all people because what you hold is life to them. Let's pray together. Let's pray together as a church. Let's thank God for all things this morning as you bow your heads. Don't look at me. Just uh, bow your heads and look to Jesus this morning. Regardless of all things that have happened, we just know God is sovereign. And if God knows that you need to hear the word this morning, I pray that you would Open your heart this morning and receive the word of life, the water of life. If this morning you desire the water of life, I encourage us to pray. To believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is not far, he's near. In fact, he says, come, come to me. Tell him this morning that you're thirsty. Tell him this morning that you have tried so many ways to quench that thirst. But did you want him? Ask him to deal with your sin. Ask him to forgive you. And ask him to lead you in the path of righteousness, a life-giving water. And this morning, brothers and sisters, if you have any issues about anything, and if there's self that's still getting in the way of reaching out to others, I pray that you come and confess this to Jesus. And ask him to put a burning desire in your heart to reach out with this life-giving water. Stop looking at yourself and start looking at others through the eyes of Jesus and become a fire for Jesus. Father in heaven, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for all the things that I've experienced this morning, all the technical things and all the, 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 what we've heard. And I just know that you're God. I know that you're in control, Lord God, and I thank you for this. These are small things, Lord, but what is big, what is big, my Lord, is the life-giving water that changes lives. And I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit may work in the hearts of those that are hearing, truly hearing, they may receive 
that they may believe and that they may know life, Lord God. Father, I pray that we all would see life through your eyes, that we would all see others through the eyes of Jesus. Give us these eyes, Lord God, and Lord, help us, help us, Father, not to live life through our own eyes and our own self, but Lord, to come to the end of ourselves and to see our life through the eyes of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for this. We pray you continue to bless this day, that you encourage your people, you strengthen your people. And for anyone who's, who's given their life or just wants this water of life, that you really bless them and encourage them this morning. We thank you, God. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.